I want to start really this evening with a question. If you were to pull that list out that Andrew led us in earlier, got a question that David actually asks four times in a psalm. How long? Take a moment. Look at some of the things on that list. How long? How long have those things been tormenting you, troubling you, causing you anxiety and pain and suffering? Because in Psalm 13, it's just six verses long, David declares, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you keep your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Day after day, I have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I will trust in your unfailing love. Amen. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. It's a very simple psalm. I'm sure any one of us here tonight could have written it. Six verses long, and I divide it into three sections. The problem, the prayer, and the praise. So the problem for us tonight are some of the things on that list. And we've moved into a time of prayer that Pastor Claudette has led us in. And we will come back and have a time of praise. I sense tonight that we want to be real and raw with God. Amen? Look at how David starts the psalm. How long, O Lord? There's no introduction. There's no Christianese, if you like, of being polite before God. He's straight into the challenges in his life. Question, when was the last time you were that real and raw with God? Where you bared your soul and you told him in your anguish and your distress how you are feeling, how you're truly feeling. Not how you feel on a Sunday, but how you are truly feeling. Perhaps you're here today, you feel lonely, you feel isolated, you feel disconnected from God, from the church, from community. I want to encourage you tonight. The Word of God declares, as you draw close to God, He will draw close to you. David says in this psalm four times, How long, O Lord? Anyone ever been there? How long is this mindset going to be in my mind? How long is this addiction going to triumph over me? How long is this stronghold going to continue to lord itself over me? How long am I going to harbor that unforgiveness? How long am I going to carry bitterness in my heart? It's birthed out of a place of desperation and anguish. And I think it's really significant what Claudette shared earlier. The pastors don't have all the answers, by the way. Amen. What does David do? He gives all his focus to one person, God. He could have spoken to thousands of people, but he pointed his heart to one person. He gave his distress, his anguish, his pain and his trauma to one person. He directed everything to God. Even in the midst of his turmoil, he knows that he needs to come to God. Can we do the same this evening? David wants to know how long the misery will be compounded for. He's pleading for God to step into his situation. And it forces a question for us this evening. 
when was the last time that we cried out? Truly cried out to the living God in our anguish, in our sorrow. Cleared away the distractions, the confusion, the chaos, the clutter, everything that seeks to dominate and control our lives. And just be with God. No agenda, no list, just being in his presence and allowing him to move, to minister in every part of our lives. But David moves his focus on after he's lamented, after he's anguished, after he's expressed his heart to God in a very blunt and direct way, he begins to pray. He changes his heart. He changes his focus. A brief word for us here. I think Claudette mentioned it earlier. We give the enemy far too much credit as Christians. Can I get an amen in the house? The enemy is under our feet. The enemy is under our feet. Amen. We should never use these phrases. Oh, in spite of my circumstances, I will praise the Lord. No. Jesus Christ is Lord. He rules. He reigns. It's his sovereignty that is our portion. Our role, our job as believers is to enforce the victory that Jesus gave us at the cross. It is not to allow the challenges, the seasons, the circumstances of our lives to shave and dictate and determine every single part of our heart and our posture to God. God is good in every season. God is good in every trial, in every circumstance. James says, take delight, take joy when you go through trials of every kind. I wonder how many of us can do that. But he's exhausted. Have you been there? Have you been exhausted from being exhausted? <laughs> Monday morning, 8 o'clock. <laughs> That's me. Nothing a cup of coffee can't sort out. But isn't it exhausting to be exhausted all the time? You're drained emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. You're just giving out. The Word of God says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me. Come to who? The Lord. All who are weary and heavy, heavy laden. And I will give you rest. So we find rest in the presence of God. And David here is anguishing. And he knows that he's exhausted and he cries out and he's vulnerable at that moment. We're all vulnerable to maybe not believing God, to moving away from his promises when we're exhausted. So how does David win? How do we win tonight? How does that list that we've written out get demolished? I would humbly suggest to you we've already started the process. We've already postured our hearts praise. Verses 5 and 6. David has gone from lamenting and anguishing to prayer and petition, and now it's praise and thanksgiving. And I believe that we can praise our way to victory in this place. Amen? Because he starts to remind himself, I will trust in your unfailing love. God's love for you has never failed. God's love for you is not on trial. God is not on trial. God has never failed you, ever. He loves you 
with an everlasting love and he will always love you no matter what the enemy, no matter what the world, no matter what any, your, anyone that you know, work with, live with says, God has never failed you. He loves you. He will always love you. Amen? At the most distressing point in David's life, progress is made. He declares, I will trust in your unfailing love. But he starts that verse with the word, but he has shifted his heart and his perspective. He's giving us the result of his prayer. Now he's back on level ground, which means that we can say in every trial, in every circumstance, but I will trust in your unfailing love. God does not need a reason to do something good in your life. Amen? What we need is revelation. And what David's birthed here is a new confidence in God. His focus, his heart, his perspective has been changed. And that forces a question for us. Do you define your life by the things on that list? When we think about trials, we think about challenges, often we define our life by the things that may be on that list tonight. So words like, oh, she's always been like that. It's judgmental on our part. Somebody who has a problem with alcohol, we call an alcoholic. We define that person by their biggest challenge. Why don't we start declaring who they are in God? Amen? Why don't we start declaring who they are in God and how Jesus sees them? Amen? That they are made in His image and likeness. Praise God. Clothed in royal robes of righteousness that we don't deserve, but we have them anyway. We need supernatural responses to the things on that list that lift us above our circumstances. We've got to cry out in sorrow, in anguish, and let God work. Essentially, what I'm saying today, tonight, friends, is your perspective will determine your breakthrough. Can God work it out? Can God work it out? Why don't you stand with me tonight? Maybe you're afraid in this place. You've carried those hurts, those wounds, those scars, those lies, those limitations for years. It's become part of you. You've almost allowed yourself to be defined by those things. Maybe it was words spoken over you by a family member, by a friend, by someone that you loved. Maybe your trust was breached. Maybe you're afraid to let those things go because you don't know what your life will look like if you were to let go of that bitterness, that addiction, that habit, that trauma. Jesus wants you free. He wants you to live in victory. To not just live in a moment of healing, but to move even from healing to wholeness. And there's a word. It's in Isaiah 42, 22. It's a word that God gave me. That was the word I wanted to share tonight. But this is what I wanted to share as well. And it's a story of people who the word of God declares that they have been robbed. And they've basically, they've fallen into addictions, strongholds, everything. And there's one word that's used. And it's the word restore. It's the word Restore. Isaiah 42, 22. But there is a people robbed and plundered, all of them snared in holes, 
They are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey. No one delivers and no one says, restore. Maybe you're in that place tonight. Believe me, God will work it out. And I believe that God wants to restore. Restore relationships. First one, we need to go vertical before we can go horizontal. Amen. So we need to go upwards, not inwards, with our problems, with our circumstances. And so why don't you take out your piece of paper if you've got it, or maybe you've got it on your cell phone. And we're going to claim victory over each and every one of them right now. And then we're going to sing a song that simply declares, God will work it out. Amen. And we will leave this place whole, free, walking in the favor of God. Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you for each and every one of your precious children, your sons and your daughters in whom you love and in whom you are well pleased. Lord, would you restore? Would you restore every broken relationship, Father? Would you reconcile people that are even in this room one to another? Would you restore everything that has been stolen, everything that has been lost, everything that has been eroded by the things of this world? by the schemes and plans of man, by our own hand, by our own habits. And Lord, tonight, would you restore us to right relationship with you? Would you return to us the joy of our salvation? Would you pour out your grace and your goodness? Would you remind us, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Would you remind us, Father, that even though we go through trials and challenges on every side, we know that you are with us. We know that you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And so, Lord, help us tonight to release, to let go, to lay down some of these things that have held us back, that have hampered our walk with you, that have hindered our progress to help us to be the man or the woman of God that you have called us to be. And as the psalmist declares, I look to the hills. From whence forth does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Why? Because God will work it out.